1: peace of mind brain needs an overhaul bonehead brain dead we're all the same you can't think straight when your heart is in pain turn around hit the ground time to lay a burden down
0: and now and now joined by the tape 12 recovery radio family it's your overly opinionated host the Monty Man. Turn
2: around, hit the ground, time to lay your burden down. Oh, I almost missed my cue there. Welcome to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. Uh Denver is uh, is here. Howdy. Uh, sitting next to Marv if you're watching on YouTube. Wave Marv. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, and there's Margie. Mm-hmm. Good morning. And there is Dave Fleming, Vid the vid. What's up? Yeah, happening, what's up, guys. What's up? Yeah, welcome to uh welcome to Monday's broadcast. Uh, we were not here last Monday because we were on vacation, uh, vacationing in uh, on the beautiful Oregon coast. Uh, it was uh, it was my birthday. It was my 65th birthday. Speaking of birthdays, Dave, is this a special day for you? Every day is a special.
3: Come on, day Dave, give it up. <laughs> give it up, Dave. <laughs>
4: Yeah, 16 years 16 today, years October twelfth, two
2: 2004 16 wow, years of sobriety right. Congratulations. Congratulations My re- recovered date Yeah, so here on the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show We have a little ditty for you Are you ready? Uh-oh Here we go Don't
1: Happy birthday Your life still isn't over Happy birthday
3: You did not accomplish much But you <laughs> didn't die this year I guess that's good enough
1: <laughs> wow. wow
4: I was wow. going to say I hope you're not going to play the other <laughs> song We'll have to pay uh, royalty Yeah, yeah we're
2: not doing that one i I, I got to play that one more time Here we go
4: Is that it? I mean, is there more to it? No, Look, no that's it That's it
1: Happy
3: birthday Your life still day. isn't over That's right You did not accomplish much not But much. you didn't it's, die this year it I it guess did. that's good enough That's weird
2: that was strange something got weird in the well anyway happy maybe, birthday. It's COVID. <laughs> maybe it is maybe it is well okay. dave congratulations wow. man that is a, that it that you did accomplish much that's a that's a great accomplishment 16 years um awesome yeah 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 good for you good for you Appreciate. um that. You. yeah you bet so i'm gonna do something right now i'm gonna pause this listeners aren't going to know that the time's gone by because i'm going to unpause it really quick unless you're on youtube so hold on i gotta see something here so we're back uh
1: <laughs> sometimes
2: sometimes equipment just does weird things dave you know you know oh, about that right oh well, yeah yeah you, some uh, days it just
4: doesn't work at all and and, and then you, the next day it's perfectly fine and yeah i can't explain it's why. weird yeah
2: it's very weird <clears throat> Well, hey Margie, how you doing? Good. How yeah. Are you? I I'm I'm Chipper. Good. I'm Chipper. Marv? Hey. Yeah. Doing yeah. Great. G- doing good yeah. in, in Denver? Well, okay, fine. Um <laughs> 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 you
5: got that right. <laughs> Falling into fall. <laughs> yeah.
2: So um this this um this show's topic uh is uh, I don't know, maybe for some it's a little controversial. It's why, why the uh, phrase Take what you need And leave the rest In my opinion Is a bad idea It's a bad advice uh, Particularly for the newcomer And, and I'll, I'll share with you Why I feel that way And uh, maybe we'll some, have Some opposing views That's always fun um, But yeah Yeah So um, You know We haven't We haven't done a Monday show In a week So I thought Let's do a little controversy Right I mean why not mm. What? Uh oh. Oh. Don't
4: sorry.
3: cry. Don't cry. <laughs> All right, everybody, hold your horses. Triggers. Just stop for a minute, because okay. it's time for the Monty Man's weekly wine. Mm. <laughs> Here we go. Ah oh, boy. Little intro. <laughs> we close our eyes every week for a moment. And we hear the same. They've fallen asleep. ...wine from <laughs> your lips. The whining's driving us all insane.
2: Right, Marv? Yeah. yeah. Wine, <laughs> yeah. always whine.
3: Always whining and complaining, whine. Oh, uh, boy. Monty loves. To wine. Yep. Well, <laughs> we know that's for sure. So go ahead, Monty. Give us your wine for the week. Give us your weekly wine. Mm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Give it to us. Give it to us, Monty. Give
1: it to us. Come on. Give it to us.
5: <laughs> I hope it's not about baloney.
2: <laughs>
1: no, it's not <laughs> good. <laughs>
2: Oh it's man! About salami. So I've complained about this institution before. I'm going to do it again. Why not? Um, oh, nothing is more frustrating than when you go through the drive-through and you get home and your order is not just a little messed up, but majorly messed up. Especially when you've gone through the process of explaining yourself to the person behind the microphone at the drive-thru several times. And maybe that's the problem. If you've got to repeat yourself several times, they're just too confused. This is why you should not pay burger joints $15 an hour. Well, maybe it's because they didn't touch your food at all. (sighs) Or did they? Well,
4: according to the, the regulations, right? I don't know, but if
2: you got if, if you got something like this going through the drive-thru, I can understand why you would get the order wrong. Hi, may I take your order, please? Big Mac McDLT, a quarter pounder with
1: some cheese, fillet, a fish, a hamburger, a cheeseburger, a happy meal, McNuggets, tasty golden french fries, regular and larger sizes, salad, chef, a garden, or a chicken salad, oriental beef, big breakfast, big a McMuffin, hot hot cakes and sausages, maybe biscuits, bacon, egg, and cheese
3: and sausage, Danish, half grown, two and four dessert, hot apple pies and sundaes, three varieties, of soft serve, comb, kinds of shakes and chocolate, chip cookies and to drink a Coca-Cola diet, Coke and Orange drink is writing, Coffee, Decap, to a loaf, and milk, also an Orange juice, I love McDonald's, good time, great days, and I get this all at one place. Would you like that to go?
2: Now, if if that's the order that you were giving, it would make sense that they would get your order wrong. Why don't you just say one of everything? Why that not? would have been quicker. It wouldn't have made clearer. it wouldn't have made such fun copy though. Yeah. So so here's the thing. So go I go through the McDonald drive through yesterday morning, and I simply ask for sausage egg McMuffin, right? Four sausage biscuits with extra sausage. Four sausage biscuits, that's four, that's one, two, three, four, with extra sausage. That's one, two, three, four, extra sausage patties. When I get home, and by the way, this is the McDonald. you know I'll throw them under you the bus. You got
5: four biscuits? Yesterday? No, we.
2: I had other family members here.
5: Okay. Whew. Oh my goodness!
4: Did you tell them specifically to add an extra patty? Per- Absolutely,
2: and they repeated it back, and it was on the board. It showed me the price, the whole the whole thing, right? So I get up to the next window to pay, and he repeats it back, totally wrong. The same guy that just did it at the first at the at the speaker is the same guy, uh, the microphone thing, and and. He says, oh, I didn't charge you for the other two extra patties. So I said, okay, go ahead. So he only charged us for two of the extra patties, not for four extra patties. So we did that. So we get the bag. Cameron's in the car with me. And I said, please count the sandwiches. So he does. They're all there. We get home. And what do we have? We have egg McMuffins with only egg. No sausage.
0: (laughs) You went to this before.
2: What?
1: It, uh,
2: I guess I just can't. Don't
4: learn my lesson. You always have to like unwrap it and check. You do. This happens to my wife all the time because she doesn't eat meat. So we get to right. take the meat off. Right. And inevitably. It's the same thing, right? Over and over Four out over of again. five times they mess up
2: the order. Do they care? No. I, they don't.
6: No.
2: Marv, does this just happened to you? It has. Yeah. It's very frustrating, isn't it? It's like, I'm going back. Well, we
6: didn't have time. We had, we were getting ready to go to church. But that's that's the social order of the day. You can't go anywhere and get any good service. No. no it's ma- ridiculous. No, no matter where, even to the doctor.
4: Right. Yeah. But yeah. don't Amen get me one. started on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: so this is the McDonald's over on Pacific Boulevard across from Taco Bell. Another fine establishment that never gets your order right. Del Taco. Think Del
5: Taco. Del
2: Taco? Is that, is that better?
5: In my opinion. Yeah? But then again, I order a bean burrito. It's pretty rough to mix, mess that <laughs> up. <laughs> You'd so. be surprised. I, I know,
2: right? <laughs> well, no, because, because what they don't hear bean, they hear beef. Or they don't hear beef, they hear bean. And you get it home and it's bean and not beef, or beef or not bean, or, or what. Shh. Uh, <laughs> That's why I always try to use a different word, like
4: meat. What? Yeah, meat. can I have meat? Kind of well, sounds like beans, I guess.
5: But In some of their defense, <laughs> though, I have sat and listened to people in front of me, and yeah. that commercial thing you just played are right. rattling off the order. Right. These people are going through this with special orders, left, right. Does that come with, will it not, can I not get this, can I get that? True enough. And I'm going, holy cow, that would be rough. It would be. Eight hours a day they're doing or six, whatever but, they gotta but, work.
2: But when they repeat it back to you correctly yeah. and it's on the screen correctly. It should be
5: on the screen by that time. Then
2: it should be on the computer readout at their register correctly. Right. It's it all matches. Right?
4: But somehow so somebody, the orders that get processed don't line up with the ones that are on the yeah.
2: screen. Right. So whoever's bagging it. So that means somebody ordered Some egg McMuffins with just AI. egg.
0: AI. This I, is why I cook at home. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah.
5: I'd be able to sandwich at home.
4: Peanut butter and jelly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, uh, you would think I'd learn my lesson by now. But oh, well. So the other piece of the wine, um, you know, it's okay. I tell people, you don't have to agree with me. Just write in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a very short note this was on our YouTube because of the language used I deleted it off the YouTube ooh um hey Monty Mess (laughs) Um, after giving your show several chances I have decided that no one died and made you guru of recovery so why do you think you have the right to fill the internet with your blank <clears throat> it wasn't even as nice as It was a lot worse. That was weird. My mixer's being weird. Little, little echo. Anyway, then then this person says, "Keep up the insanity, you idiot." <laughs> wow. Hey, love you too, man.
5: You're, you have a fan. We do. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> what can I say?
0: Love that positive feedback yeah yeah oh well okay
4: well you know i uh, marv can probably appreciate this you know if i I heard heard this long long ago right if you ain't got nothing nice to say keep your mouth shut
2: or send in your emails (laughs) or comment on the youtube Uh, That's nothing compared to some of the posts I've seen uh, on social media Recently in regards to other topics (laughs) People have lost their minds There's
5: there's poison going on There there. is
2: poison going on All right. Um, Okay well that really does it For the weekly wine Um, Oh I know what I wanted to share I do actually have a win Stop Okay I do have a win Um, Our son Colin um, has just been hired as the uh, the worship pastor for uh, Life Family Church, Assembly you got in Newburgh, wow. Oregon. And he and his wife, Emily, will be moving in November. And they had their first service uh, this last Sunday. Yeah, awesome. so nice. that, that is uh, pretty awesome. That's neat. And then our oldest boy, Cameron... Who works for an agency that that does custodial work for the Oregon State Police? Their main office in Salem. Um, and, and if you you know are inclined to inclined to pray, pray for us on Cameron because he has an opportunity to actually uh, be a supervisor on day shift out of the main office, which is in Hillsboro. Is Hillsboro the is that a town? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was just there. It's I always today. want to say Hillsburg. <laughs>
4: Um, that's California. Um there is a Hillsboro in <laughs> California too. Is there? Yeah, it seems like there's the same cities
2: in every state
5: you go Springfield. to. Field.
2: Springfield. Springfield. <laughs> also I can think about Hillsburg, California's. Yeah, Hillsboro's uh uh where is that? It's
4: near it's Pot Central. Belmont and there's like it's where all the the richer people live. Bing Crosby used to live up in the Hillsborough Hills. Okay. Back okay. in the day. Yeah. 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 Used to drive through there and when we're back in our younger years and look at all the the mansions. Well, I'll
2: tell you, not, nothing makes a parent prouder than, And it's definitely a win to see their their kids, you know, following their dreams and their passions and actually moving forward. And both of these kids are doing that. And I'm just uh, so stinking proud that's of awesome. them. So so that's a win. All right. Uh, We'll be back with the topic. Take what you need and leave the rest as bad advice. Don't go away. Hey there, it's the Monty Man. Did you know that Take 12 Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are listener-supported? What that means is we don't receive any financial assistance from advertising products or services that have nothing to do with health or recovery, but are supported by you, our listeners. Any other promotions we commit to are purely our way of sponsoring other endeavors we feel are beneficial to the recovery community. Well, one thing we have learned all too well in our second decade of broadcasting is that we receive not because we ask not. Therefore, three times a year, we come to you, our listeners, for help. Because we are listener-supported, we depend on your donations to keep us on the air. Our listening audience has helped us to do just that. And once again, we are asking for your support. If you feel that Take 12 Recovery Radio is a valuable part of breaking the stigma of addiction and a resource of recovery from the world's number one health crisis, we ask that you consider becoming a Take 12 partner. To donate any amount or to sign up for a Reoccurring monthly donation Simply visit our website At take12radio.com And scroll down To the bottom of the page And click on the donate button All proceeds Go directly to pay for our expenses To continue to bring you The best in recovery talk And positive music Won't you consider partnership today Thank you And God bless
6: Hey, check it out. You can now access all of our shows from a variety of podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, Podomatic, and Player FM. Simply search for Take 12 Recovery Radio, and you'll be tuned into the best in recovery broadcast journalism. Also available at Take12Radio.com.
3: He's insane. He's a control freak. So, what's your point? It's the Monty Man at Take12Radio.com on your internet dial.
4: Welcome back to the show.
2: And by the way, I do want to thank uh, all of our sponsors uh, who have contributed over the years uh, over the 16 years that we've been doing this, uh, we cannot do this without you. Nobody gets paid here; all finances go to keep us on the air, and uh, you've been very, very faithful. Now we've lost we've lost a few major sponsors, um, so that is why we're continuing to reach out and ask you guys. Uh, but we've picked up a, a, a couple of um, uh, of folks that have done given a one time donation, and you guys know who you are. Thank you so much. Uh, for doing that in the last few weeks, we appreciate you so very much. I got one today for ten dollars from somebody I'd never heard of uh it's it's those little ones like that that build up that actually um well they they they're the ones that really really make a difference so thank you so much Hey listen coming up uh in the next few weeks and we'll be letting you know when when they will be uh, will be here uh author Suzanne Laura Thistle the author of Chem-Free Sobriety. If you're on YouTube, you can see the book there, Chem-Free Sobriety. Um, This is a book of stories of people who have experienced sobriety not using chemicals uh, and their stories, some of their experience of what it was like uh, when they were, you know, using chemicals to try to... Well, we've talked about this before, folks. uh, Medicated Assisted Treatment. Um, the jury's still out with me I'm still I'm still not sure how I feel about that Not totally for it Not completely against it uh, But we're going to be talking about their book 101 Trailblazers Share Wisdom and Insight About Their Natural Recovery from Substances uh, And Substance Use Disorder And then uh, Rob Egno He is uh, This guy is all over the internet uh, He is a Christian man He is also a recovery guy Uh, His book, Is It God or Coincidence? If you're on YouTube, you can see it there. Is It God or Coincidence? An incredible book uh, sharing his experience, coming to grips with the unexpected wonders in life. So uh, both of them are going to be on the show.
4: Put that over here.
2: So look forward to that. Would you please? Okay. uh, What did I do with my topic list? Just... (laughs) Did i just put, a, <laughs> you just put it in the I just, book I, I, just, I just moved it <laughs> what can i say okay um the topic uh why take what you need and leave the rest is a, is bad advice in uh, my humble thinking process here uh and, and and let me let me tell you why I feel that way guys um uh, I understand the heart behind it i i do um but as many of the platitudes that are spoken in our twelve step rooms of twelve step recovery uh and others, uh, many times are taken out of context, many times they're not really explained, and this is one of them. I see this statement, take what you need and leave the rest, um as 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 a statement that is made for those who want to custom uh customize their recovery process and not go necessarily with the instructions that have been laid out that have been a proven proven method of recovery for so many years. Um, I, I get the heart behind, you know, you hear something and you think in a meeting, well, that's just really wackadoodle, and somebody says, well, that's okay, just take what you need and leave the rest. I think, though, when we tell that to a newcomer, um, what we do is we invite the newcomer to believe in their mind and their heart that they know what they need. And I gotta tell you, when I got into the rooms of recovery, I did not know what I needed. And somebody told me this. They said, take what you need and leave the rest. And guess what I did? <laughs> I cherry picked what I wanted, I left the rest, and I did not succeed for many, many years. I was the 30 day wonder because I continued to take what I thought I needed which was actually justification of what I wanted to hear and not what I really needed. And I see this happen in a lot of cases. Now, in um, I like the way uh, the N.A. Basic Text, in, uh, in their chapter, How It Works, uh, one of the paragraphs, it says, there is one thing more than anything else that will defeat us in our recovery. This is an attitude of indifference or intolerance towards spiritual principles Three of these are indispensable. Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. How open-minded and how willing are you if you're cherry-picking what you like and what you don't like, you're just kicking to the curb when it comes to what you're hearing from sponsors, spiritual advisors, mentors, or even fellow members in the room. Can can I... I
4: Tag in for just for a quick Absolutely second. Absolutely, you may. So, when I saw the topic, I totally went in a different direction because my experience has been a lot different from what you're explaining. Mm-hmm. So, when I was in recovery, it's there was basically a lot of nonsense going on. You know, the sure. 13 step in and the stuff, people talking about stuff that has nothing to do with recovery or. You know they go and ramble on and are, you know there's different things that happen in meetings that we don't really we are we're like really, oh here we go again this guy's talking or this girl's talking or whatever that weren't really that's recovery. where yeah. people would I hear people say take what you need and leave the rest because there's a lot of stuff that happens in in open meetings especially mm-hmm. that you know I get it people maybe haven't had anybody to talk to or anything and so they kind of just. Vomit all over everybody in the rooms, sure, because they've been every they've been had this all cooped up for so long inside themselves, and I right. get that there's you know that's where the uh love and uh, love and tolerance understanding comes in because you know uh, anybody that's been in recovery a little bit of time can understand that looking back on their their own stuff, right? Yeah, and so there was, yeah, I was going to meetings every day for almost two years, and so you hear a lot of stuff that. Basically, it has nothing to do with recovery or, you know, whatever. Um, kind of taking off off track of the idea or someone's own personal uh, opinions. Mm-hmm. So, that's kind of where I heard that first. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I look at it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anybody else out there that that's had the same experience. I have. Um, I have. But, yeah, that's kind of where, you know, so I don't want to totally look at it from mm-hmm. one side of this i want to be able to share a different perspective on no, this. no i'm glad you did i'm
2: glad you did because that's, that's... why we have a panel <clears throat> of people here and, yeah. and the
4: other part of that is is once you get some time in recovery and you you sometimes you think about things that later on that you didn't think about earlier and you're like oh mm-hmm. this is this i remember this person talking about this and it had nothing to do with me or what i wanted to. you know that like you're saying, like, yeah, had nothing to do with me or what my experience is because our details are a little different. Yeah. Our experience is the same, but the details are different, you sure. know, as we say. And so sometimes we, the, anytime we do anything in recovery, mm-hmm. um, even on service work, anything, seeds are planted. Right. So it's something that you hear, you may say, right, take what you need and leave the rest. It might not affect you now, but it could later on down the road because the seeds are planted and it may be something that will be of usefulness to you later on down the road. Good
2: point. If any of that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. And I have experienced that. I think my concern is in the phrase in the title of the, of this topic is especially is bad advice, especially for the newcomer. And the reason I say that is because if if I tell you that and I leave you with that by yourself – At least for me, if you left me with that by myself, um, I would do just that. I would interpret what I needed, and I wouldn't listen to what anybody else said. So I come from that perspective that, okay, Monty, take what you need and leave the rest. Oh, yeah, I can manipulate that really good. The fact is, again, the newcomer doesn't know what they need. They haven't got a clue what they need, right? But on the other hand, I do understand what you're saying because the room's are filled many times with no message and lots of mess. And there's not a whole lot that is helpful many times in some meetings, particularly some beginner meetings.
4: Um, and sometimes it's only one thing that one person says, and it took like a whole five minutes, and the rest of it was just kind of filler. Right,
2: right. What do you think, Margie? Margie?
0: Well, it's interesting. I was um, talking to my roommate, and you know, I live with other women in recovery mm-hmm. about this this morning before we came over here, and she had an interesting perspective, and um, I I kind of agree with it. Uh, if you're a newcomer and you really are truly new, especially to like the rooms of AA or NA, and you know, this is maybe your first experience uh, in the rooms, um, you you could become very quickly like so overwhelmed with all the all the advice the input the sharing and you know what you're supposed to do and um that it, it can be kind of right tough on on a newcomer mm-hmm. to you know really figure out what what they really need to do and and you know sometimes they're so early in the in their recovery they haven't got a sponsor yet to guide them and um so at that point in time, uh, sometimes uh, I think that um, this this new new person uh, will just take what they need and leave the rest for for that for that time period. But um, you know, hopefully, as they keep coming back and um, hopefully get a sponsor right. and mm-hmm. and maybe you know get into the book or something, they'll they'll understand that um, it is a good idea to actually consider all the. Um, Input, and uh, because you know they they don't know. I when I was brand new, I didn't know what I still don't know, know what was good good for me or not. And mm-hmm. it was
4: super overwhelming, all the information overload.
0: Yeah, and uh, anyway, so um, you know, I'm glad I talked to my roommate because I, I got that perspective, and I just know that when you're brand new, it can be really overwhelming. So you know, just do what you can, take what you can, and. Mm-hmm. Take more later as time goes on, and so and and so the phrase
2: may be better: take what you can at the moment, right? Yeah, a- a- and leave the rest. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, because cause you're because you're right. It, it it is overwhelming, and you know we always joke about that, the Charlie Brown teacher's voice, you know, speaking when you wah, first wah, come in the wah, in wah, the wah, rooms. Wah, yeah, wah, wah. how much do we really hear? How much can you really take in? Um, so good point. Marv, what do you what's your input on this? Well,
6: hm. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about it, but a couple of things. First of all, uh I do not remember ever hearing that phrase like that. Take what you need. The way I heard it was take what you can use. Wow! That now is, see, I, nice I, I I like that, but I've never heard that. That's that's the way I've always heard it, and that I've kind of camped on that mm-hmm. from time to time. And what's interesting about, uh, uh, and I don't know if this is even re- relevant, mm-hmm. but uh, about leaving the rest. Yeah, believe me, the rest will come around again. <laughs> it it will if you stick around it will and the thing about it is uh, that's interesting to me is what I found out uh, not all the time but off and on is uh, when that stuff that I would perceive as a a big mess at the time I hear it Mm -hmm. uh, maybe two years later I'll hear a similar story the same kind of thing and have a different perspective because okay. my cha- my thinking has changed, mm-hmm. and and so um, and another thing too, it uh, really uh, doesn't have a lot to do with the fact that we all have different personalities, different mm-hmm. perspectives, and how we pick this stuff up and use it's gonna. I'm going to do it different, Margie, or you, or or uh, Denver. Yeah. So. Uh, You know, a lot of this stuff, the other thing I like to say a lot, and uh, I may have to change this, but there's a lot of stuff you just don't legislate. You can't legislate. Sure, sure. I don't know. But, well, you, in you the,
2: can. You can if you're over the opinionate and you start your own radio broadcast. You can literally all you want to.
6: <laughs> <laughs> so, Wait. We've been, so we've been told.
1: <laughs> but no, you're right. You,
6: you're, you're you right. just found that out through the email. I right? sure did. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I. They told you. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I. I can.
4: It reminds me of that uh, saying, God only gives us what we can handle. Sometimes we can't handle... And that's another one I don't like. Only, like, you know, yeah, getting up and making our bed, maybe that's all we can handle that particular day.
2: Maybe. I don't know. I, I think God gives us way more than we can handle, so we will turn around and give it to him. So I, have another, I have a different perspective on that, too. Yes. So um, Tell about
4: you, Monty. Well,
2: it is my show. <laughs>
1: De- um. <laughs> wow. Yeah,
5: Denver, what do you think? I think everything that everybody has said here, I can chime in on completely. Yeah. That term, take, or what was it you said, more? Take what you can use, you said? Take what you can use is a beautiful line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Throughout the walk we're always changing in recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, there's ups and downs. There has been for me. There could be more of them. I don't know. It's a, it's a journey during this whole process. And for me to have uh, begun this and taken everything I heard in meetings when I first started going, yeah, I, I couldn't handle it. Right. Personalities really do play a large part of this. When I'm sitting in a room and I'm hearing somebody spew out stuff that uh, I'm not, I'm not here to hear that, and I'm not ready to hear that, not ready to receive it. And if I'm not going to receive it, then I'm not going to take it with me. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of a waste of time. So uh, I believe take what you can uh, handle at the time and apply it. And as time goes along, what they did say, and I heard this mentioned too, what they did say or what you've heard is a seed that's been planted. Now uh, it may be one that doesn't go on and flourish, but also it could be one that over a, a year or so down the road you're going. Now that makes sense to me, mm-hmm. so now I can receive that mm-hmm. because if I'm not receiving it, I'm I'm not going to eat it. You know, yeah, it's just that way for me. It's human nature.
2: So I I think a lot of this can be. I think a a lot of this comes down to, and we haven't brought this up yet uh, but I think some of the listeners are probably Mm. uh, you know they're they're probably biting their lip right now because they'd like to be able to call in and say what about sponsorship right this is why sponsorship is so important because if you just leave somebody with a platitude and then you leave them to their own devices when they're brand new you don't know what you're going to get they're going to interpret it all sorts of ways you know first things first all right, you got those, say- those sayings on the walls, right, that most of them come from Al-Anon. They don't even come-, come from AA. Um, but it, it, oh, first things first, well, the first thing I got to do is I got to make sure I have a drink before I come to that meeting. I mean, you, and that happens, right? Uh, if it's an open meeting, you're welcome, you know, as long as you're not disruptive, um, you, you know, but but for the grace of God, I can make all sorts of excuses around that. Take what I need and leave the rest. I can cherry pick that all day long. I need to have some guidance. I need to have somebody, and that's why there was such um, there was there was such an encouragement for people that have had experience, people that have actually applied and implemented these twelve steps in their lives, and are carrying the message to those who still suffer. To be the hand of that fellowship, reaching out right away. Right away Because people come into the rooms They haven't got a clue And there are people that come into the rooms That are court ordered That don't want to be there for any reason Whatsoever And later seeds are planted like you guys were saying And they're glad they stayed There are people that are there That don't want to be there at all That are maybe pressured by their family But they're going to go Because they want their circumstances to change there are people that are there because they really do want to change the direction of their life some want to develop a, relation, a, a stronger relationship with their creators some <clears> want to stop doing whatever it's doing that's causing them pain but they are motivated for change and there's all sorts of reasons why people are in the rooms and when we, when we leave them to their own devices and we leave them with the platitudes on the wall I'm afraid we do them an injustice in this, we have someone to guide them. And in this issue, take what you need and leave the rest, right? If somebody had explained that to me, kind of like how you did, Dave, at first, I'd have been able to understand that more. But what happened was nobody approached me for weeks when I was in the meetings, right? I asked for a sponsor. Nobody would volunteer to be a sponsor. And so I was left to interpret these things out of my own justification and my own self-centered, self-seeking motives. And what that did is I twisted these things to fit my agenda, and I was the 30-day wonder. I kept using every 30 days because I had no guidance whatsoever. And I think a lot of these problems can be solved by somebody, even if they're not your sponsor, somebody coming alongside you and being the hand that reaches out, the hand of AA, the hand of NA. Uh, that reaches out to to be a guide and help direct and share experience, strength, and hope. Um, you concur with that, Dave? You think we need more people that can actually step up to the plate and help the newcomer? Well, I was just thinking about that as you're talking. It's like
4: it's you know kind of the the thought processes and a lot of uh, a lot of I don't know places, meetings, whatever you want to call it, classifications. You know, people. Show up. They show up for one day and then they never come back. Mm-hmm. They will show up for two days and the two meetings and they will never come back. And I think that's people don't get plugged in with anybody mm-hmm. that's new because of those reasons. I've heard it many times. People have even said that it's like I put we'll effort see. into somebody yeah. and then they then they're gone. They they're gone. You know, I spent you know whatever and it, and you know. For me, anyway, I look at that. You know, my my personal uh, faith. I have to. They're not exclusive, right? So my recovery and my faith they they go together, and so I have to look at the at the same uh, things in life when I deal with people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're meant to go and help others, right? Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't say only help them if they show up to six meetings. Right. Or on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. or whatever, you know. Only if
2: they call you when it's convenient. It's
4: (laughs) 24-7, right? Yeah. And so I think, whatever my opinion's worth, that we need to reach out to those people that we see at meetings. Even if, if, if I only have like a month and somebody else comes in and I've been sober for, they say I've been sober for 12 hours, you know, I need some help. Yeah. You know, or you can tell in their voice. Um, step up and go up there and say, yeah, but I know exactly where you're at. I was there only a month ago. And by, you know, continue to come, by asking for help, by, you know, whatever, talking, here I've got a month. You know, whatever it is. Right. You know, I, I had a good group of people, mentors guiding me. And, you know, if... If the need was there, right? If I got six months of sobriety and somebody else comes in a room and my sponsor says, you're going to go sponsor that person, I go do it. I can say, yeah, but I only got six months. <laughs> you got six months more than that guy does. Mm-hmm. So you, you can help that person. I think we, we, we don't give ourselves enough credit for where we're at in, in recovery that we can't help someone else. Especially if we've been helped. Right, you right. always gotta look back. Like, how how did I get sober? What was it like for me in the beginning? Sometimes we forget about that, you know. Um, especially today, thinking about this, right? Sixteen years. Like, what did I do sixteen years ago? Yeah, right. Yeah. Or fifteen years ago, or fourteen yeah. years ago. What was what was I doing to help other people that are that come into the room? Do I wait till they show up? Maybe early on, I probably did that because I listened to what other people said, but. You know, if someone's reaching out for help, you know, like I told that story about the guy showing up to the meeting. He said, yeah, I turned left to the meeting and I was going to turn right and go home and kill myself. Right. Now I don't want to kill myself. Yeah. And he didn't talk at all in the meeting. He, he just listened to us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even that is, is, is very powerful. So we, we just can't, we can't give up and we got to put it out there. You know, when someone says, Hey, is there anybody in the room that wants to be a sponsor? Raise your hand. Mm-hmm. You got six months or more? Go for it, man. Because there's people out there that that
2: don't have anybody. And, and and even if you're not being a sponsor, if you could be somebody that that is willing to, you know, how'd you get it? How'd you get to the meeting? Well, I walked. I, I can bring you tomorrow. You know, uh, let's go out to coffee. I mean, there, there's I know with the COVID thing and all that 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 that's not happening as much. But it, it, most places are opened up now as far as limited seating and that kind of thing. You could take somebody out. to You could go get some coffee at a drive-thru well, and go sit on. in a park. In our in our
4: an addiction, did we make excuses why we couldn't go get math. Right. Right? Or alcohol? <laughs> we so figured can, it out a way. It's Sunday. They don't serve <laughs> alcohol in my state. Well, I'll go drive to the next one.
2: Right? I need to, uh, when I go see my dope dealer, I need to make sure I'm wearing my mask. You know right, or you know maybe he's <laughs> delivering
4: now, you know they're delivering door oh they' delivering
2: door door, door- door drugs yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so so I, yeah, I'm a firm believer you can't give what you you can't give away what you haven't experienced uh, you need to be able to do that. that's why it is so valid that if you're in a two- step program that you do the two steps if you're in a 12 step program that you do the twelve steps whatever program you're in, you follow the program so you can give it away. Because we are responsible for the person coming in that we don't leave them to their own devices, that we don't leave them abandoned in a chair in the back of the room, right, to listen to a platitude and interpret it on their own. Because I don't like you guys, but when I start interpreting things on my own with no experience, I mold it the way I want to, you know, and it never works out well. And we got, you know, even... Like you said, you
4: were talking about COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And so how many of us are on Facebook more these days? You, you see people out there uh, reaching out or saying, hey, I'm struggling today. Yeah. I had somebody that, you know, I saw on their Facebook said, can someone please call me? Oh, yeah. I've been and seeing I'm a like, lot of that. I've been I'm seeing like, a lot of okay, that. okay, so I don't see, this was like a few hours ago. There's no like comments or nothing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, I sent a private message. I said, hey, give me your number. I'll call you. Yeah, I called this person and they're like, yeah, my mom's dying and I feel like you're getting high.
2: Oh my gosh.
4: And so we sat and and talked and, you know, I kind of talked her off the edge. I mean, we had history because she used to be one one of my clients, but, Mm -hmm. you know, once a client, always a client. And so we talked for about an hour and it's like, we have to do these kind of things in our recovery because it doesn't only help them, but it helps us. Yeah, you bet it does. I mean, and how hard, I mean, how hard was it for me to to send a couple of messages and make a
2: phone call. So, so yeah, exactly. And I got, I got a hunch knowing you that it wouldn't have mattered if you knew them or not. If somebody wasn't yeah. responding, you were going to, you were going to send them a private message anyway. I, I usually send them, send people. When I see that, I usually send people a message
4: anyway and say, Hey, you know, if you want to talk, I'm, I'm here. And usually no one ever follows up.
6: But
2: so let, let's, let's switch it up a little bit. What, what is something that you, that you didn't think you needed and so you ignored it, and later you found out that you did need that when you first came in the rooms. That maybe you would have said, "I'm just going to leave that because I don't like it." But later on, you found out you really needed that, regardless if you liked it or not. So Denver, what do you, can Can you give me an example?
5: My huge one is fellowship. I like to be alone. Great, I do, uh, and, and that uh, that's not a bad trait for me. I mean, right? You know, I I enjoy being alone out in the sticks by myself but uh fellowship is really important.
2: So there's a difference between enjoying being alone and isolating.
5: Yeah yeah, right? Yeah, that's yeah. A, a word, isolation that yeah. is a horrible one. It it'll send you down a bad path. But uh being alone, I don't see a problem with that, but I do realize that I have got to continually be in fellowship.
2: So when you first came in, you were not so excited about Fellowship, but you let later realize that that is something you needed. You didn't need to leave. Correct.
0: Yeah,
5: I can't leave that alone. Right. Because then I will turn it. It will. My solitude will turn into isolation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. sooner or later, I need to get out and yeah. and and I realized that that even in these times. I still need to uh, stay connected with people, and whether it's through social media or a phone call or this radio show. Right. You know, work, wherever it's at. Yeah. I have to have fellowship.
2: Marv, what about you? Is there something when you first came in the rooms that you thought... Well, I know why you first came in the rooms. It was for somebody else, right? Yeah. 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 But was there something you thought, nah, I don't need that, and later on you discovered that you did or that you could
6: use? Well, I, I hate to... Uh... Uh, I have to go along with what Denver said, quite frankly. I I was very socially inept. Right. I didn't like people. Um, still have trouble with that. Mm hmm. <laughs> um, Some days. But what the meetings and that fellowship have done for me is got me in a acceptance mode. Right. Uh, a while back. And uh, I struggle with it yet today. But I do it because uh what I've learned this is just an opinion that God uh meant for us to be in community mm. and um and as much as I fight against that yeah i, I uh, that's still a struggle for me today. now I could go on and on about other stuff, but um that was a biggie I'd come in, I'd sit by myself, I'd sit with my back against the wall the the old you right, know, right. The old uh people were as close as Margie is to me. I was very uncomfortable. I right. wanted him to get out of my bubble. And a lot of that has changed. Yeah. And I'm grateful for Margie, that. you're in his bubble a lot. Right? <laughs> yep, <laughs> I am. <laughs>
2: but that's that's a good thing. What about you, Margie? Is there something particularly that you thought, "Nah, I don't need that," and later you found out you did?
0: Yeah, well, when I very first came into AA, um, you know, twenty five years ago or so, mm-hmm. um, I didn't think I needed a sponsor, and um, oh, I okay. I actually stayed sober s- through the grace of God for a year or so, and then I I actually did get a sponsor at that point in time, and um, later now more recently when I came to Albany and um, I did get a sponsor, um, I didn't think that I. I don't know, I, I didn't really want to listen to her about everything <laughs> <laughs> and sure. uh, I didn't want to do the work I didn't think it was you know, because I, I w- was thinking that I've been in this program for 25 years I've I've read the big book a million times and the 12 by 12 and why do I have to read it again and, yeah. and I didn't want to do that stuff, it seemed you know, silly but I um, realized that I did have to do that stuff to um, stay sober and Um, I still don't like a lot of stuff my sponsor wants me to do. And now I know that I can talk to her about it, um, and disagree with her if I, you know, I have a valid reason, but, um, I do most of the stuff that she, um, suggests, you know, she has 36 years, so I, I pretty much follow her suggestions, even though I'm not really not always
2: like them, like them. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them you'd rather leave, but you do them anyway. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right, Dave is there there's one particular thing in particular that you were like, "Man, I don't need this." And later on, you found out, "Yeah, I really do." Just one. You give me,
1: give me, a, <laughs> give me a
4: big one. Everything. <laughs> everything. changes. Everything. I
2: don't. I, didn't, I don't need any of this.
4: Well, give me you some know, coffee. You know, back <laughs> before I got actually in recovery, you know, I went. I did the treatment deal and went to, and, and people would tell you, you got to go to, you know, go to meetings. Yeah. And, uh, so I would have to say meetings cause it kind of started the process of everything else. Mm-hmm. Cause when I first, of course I wasn't ready to, when I went in there early on and this was probably 25, 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, well, see I was twenty seven so it wasn't quite that far back. Um, anyway, I walked in a room, this is back when you used to smoke in the in the rooms, and all I heard was people talking about drinking. And I was like, How the hell do you can you stay sober talking about drinking if all you do is talk about drinking. Uh Uh-huh. And so of course I had a bottle under the front seat of my truck. And when I laughed, I went, you know went yeah. drinking, but you know now I look at it and go, yeah i wasn't I wasn't ready at the time, but uh, I totally agree with what uh Denver and well what everybody says, but you know the whole isolation thing, yeah, um because i'm I'm comfortable in my own skin, you know mm-hmm. I can hang out with my dog and my wife and you know right, or by myself and it'd be okay, with it'd be okay, that. yeah, um, and I first started going to meetings, I would go. In like right as they were starting, maybe even like a minute late. we we'll sit in the back row. I did the same thing at church for a while. It took me probably about a year before I actually went out to coffee. We, I was, I had to like see everybody and what they were really about. Because yeah, just, after a while, you can see who's who's real and who's just faking it. Yep. And so then I picked my group of people that I went out. Certain meetings, I would go out to coffee. And start doing that. That was super uncomfortable. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt it was easy for me to just sink in the... You know, kind of what Marv was saying. is like, sit off in the corner with your back against the wall. And even though you're still in a room full of people, it's like... It was difficult, but I had to push through that. And I had to get involved with church. And different groups. And outside of church. And with some of the same people. And so... It was a process. It took me a long time because, you know, I, I isolate. I never let anybody in my bubble for mm-hmm. my whole life. So um, that was a challenge was for you. Super anxiety. When I go to church, well, I remember going to church and there'd be packed and I was doing um, I was running the camera for services and I would just go straight. My focus was there's the door I have to get into. And I'd go right through the people, focus on that door, or go upstairs, and then I'd be like, you know. And then I get people afterwards be like, "What's up? Is everything okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, everything's fine." Why? Well, I was like two feet away from you, waving at you, and you didn't even you didn't even acknowledge me. Interesting. And I was like, you know, it has nothing to do with you. It's just I get anxiety when I'm in big crowds of people. <clears throat> yeah. And those are the things that I learned. I mean, that's what. You know, drink and help me manage those things.
2: Yeah, yeah, you bet. So, for, so for me, interestingly enough, uh, when I when I first walked into the rooms of recovery, um, I had it years earlier. I had, um, given my heart to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I thought, you know, it was one of those uh, emotional conversion experiences at an altar at a little Nazarene church. And I thought because I had gone through the, you know, checked off the boxes and gone through the motions that I had actually had had a spiritual awakening or had a spiritual experience of some kind. Planted the seeds. Yeah, Um, it it was it was a very immature experience. It, It was not one that I that I nurtured at all. But I thought that I had arrived because I had done what the preacher had said. That meant I had this relationship with God. And so when I came into the rooms, I was very grateful to see God in the steps. I mean, I heard people say, if I saw God in the steps, I wouldn't have stayed. Well, but they did stay, and God was in the steps. And so, you know, I always kind of chuckled at that. I, for one, was very grateful to see God in the steps. And But I really was convinced I didn't need that part. I didn't need step three. I'd already turned my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him. Back in 1971, why do I need to do step three? So I took what I needed, I left the rest. That was the rest, I don't need that. And I was listening to what they told me, just take what you need and leave the rest. I don't need that, right? And so then I tried to apply and implement those steps in my life and it wasn't working because the very thing that I thought that I didn't need, I needed desperately. I had a religion relationship with God. I had a churchianity relationship with God, but I didn't have a personal relationship with God. And until it was pointed out to me by my sponsor, I want you to take everything you think you know, and I want you to put it in this box and put it on pause. I said, yeah, but everything was everything. Well, what about my belief in God? Everything he said. I want you to assume that you need all of this. You can't leave any of it. So I want you to do that. So I agreed. After many relapses, I agreed. And it was interesting because my relationship, same God, but my religion turned into a relationship. And it's never been the same since. And it was through the application and and implementation of those 12 steps in my life, through the guidance of a loving sponsor, Right and a loving God, um, and so I, I refer back to that that uh, that paragraph in the N A Basic text. There is one thing more than anything else that will defeat us in our recovery. This is an attitude of indifference or intolerance towards spiritual principles. Did I have indifference and intolerance? Absolutely, because I thought I had arrived, because I had made a conversion motion when I was younger so I was intolerant towards anything you were going to tell me I was indifferent towards it right three of these that I cannot be intolerant towards right that are indispensable are honesty open mind innocent willingness I wasn't being honest because if I had been I would have been honest about my need I wasn't open minded because I had decided that there wasn't anything you could teach me and I wasn't willing why would I be willing there's nothing to be willing about I've already arrived something else is wrong where i can't put the plug in the jug i don't know what that is but whatever you're telling me it is that's not right i've got this <clears throat> and that didn't work and so i had to become totally honest open-minded and willing all over again and thank goodness i had a sponsor that that uh, kind of held my feet to the fire you know um and then when i had moved from the original uh area that i the first meetings i was at and i, I was up here in oregon I found a small group up in Sweet Home, Oregon, where I met my sponsor, and uh, things started to change, you know. But bottom line is, I couldn't stay sober on the platitudes. I had to do the work. And I think that's the case for most of us. Any closing thoughts? Denver? Have a great
5: week. Yeah? (laughs) (laughs) That's about it. Yeah. Interesting topic. Yeah, it is. Like I said, it is a balanced scale. Uh, I took Dave's opinion right off the get-go here, the way I took the topic today. Right. It was interesting.
6: Yeah. Marv, closing uh, thoughts? Yeah. One, kind of maybe coming at it sideways. Sure. But, uh, I, You know, all this talk about sponsors and everything like that, mm-hmm. <clears throat> obviously a necessity for most of us or all of us. But uh, one thing most important to me is to meet people where they're at. Uh, you can be a sponsor, have a lot of years of sobriety, know that book inside and out, and come upon somebody, and you need to meet them where they're at. Not where you're at. Not where you're at. Yeah,
2: good point. So, uh, Really good point.
6: Yeah, I think uh, that's something important in my life. So, yeah.
0: Anyway
2: that's really good that's really good Margie closing thoughts
0: um yeah just like what Marv said is good That's great um also just it's important that you get to the meeting and then um just kind of allow I don't know allow God to kind of guide you and direct you to to what is important for you and what you need at that point in time
2: yeah amen
0: Dave uh Easy does it,
4: <laughs> but do it, but do it, um, just, you know, especially uh, for, for new newcomers or newer people out there, uh, be easy, be gentle on yourself, just, you know, take it a day at a time, but do something every single day, every single day.
2: And, and, and you have been every single day for 16 years. Congratulations again on, uh, on your sobriety birthday. <clears throat> Uh, and thank you for being part of Take Twelve Recovery Radio, buddy.
4: Happy to be here. Yeah,
2: and next week we're going to be doing your show entitled "To Overcome Solutions it. for Life Today." And do you have a topic yet? Are you uh, going to come? No. Okay, but we'll we'll let them know before the show, like we usually do on Facebook and social media. Okay. All right, so you don't want to miss that show as well. All right, so um, our closing song. So I want to let you know, um, on Saturdays we post a show called Radio Rehab: The Road to Redemption. Hosted by our friend Brian Duncan Brian is a multi-dev award winner He is a Christian contemporary recording artist He's also a recovery recording artist And Brian does this show It's a 30 minute uh, show of Some of his favorite music Including some of his own music As well as commentary on recovery uh, Really as it has applied to him over the years uh, it's, it's some powerful stuff It's very positive It's very uplifting And that gets posted every Saturday at Take12Radio.com on your internet dial. Brian has a song called Sweet Friend of Mine. Uh, We consider all of you listeners friends of ours. And here is Brian introducing his song. And then we're closing out this show with the song Sweet Friend of Mine by Brian Duncan. Here's Brian.
1: I use the letters S-F-O-M in a lot of my social media. It is simply an abbreviation for Sweet Friend of Mine. My Conversation CD and the live experience were both completely crowdfunded by people who believed in me and my music for decades. I see my audience more now as friends than fans, really. I even wrote a song called Sweet Friend of Mine to express how it felt to have people who really support and believe in you. And I started calling my supporters SFOMs. Because they are sweet friends of mine. My, my sweet friend of mine, you got me feeling like I can make. to
2: My friends, I don't want you to miss out on more of Brian's great recovery music as well as recovery commentary, a production of Take 12 Recovery Radio right here at Take12Radio.com. Every Saturday, it's Radio Rehab, The Road to Redemption with Brian, Duncan, and friends. Listen, all you have to do is click on Take12Radio.com, go to Recovery Workshops, and there you'll find Radio Rehab. Uh, There'll be a new posting of it every Saturday for the next several weeks. 30 minutes of recovery-focused music and recovery commentary. All right. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with the Tank 12 Recovery Radio family, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you.
0: This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.
3: Cause she's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty meow. Meow yeah, kitty, kitty 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 meow. <laughs> <laughs>